God wants us to be happy. When I was thinking of a title to put to this, that's all I could really come up with. God wants us to be happy. He wants us to be emotionally stable. He wants us to be emotionally mature. And his word, long before Freud came up with anything, with, with, of course, a lot of things he says were, were, were kind of odd and kind of off, but long before Piaget or Dr. Spock, not Mr. Spock from Star Trek, the, 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 the Dr. Spock, came up with all their theories and all their things, God's word had so much to say on the matter. And, and I'd like to talk about a little bit uh, a little bit about that this morning. Uh, go ahead and uh, you can go ahead and put Ephesians, uh, Ephesians uh, chapter four, verse twenty-six. One of my favorite scriptures is one that my dad quoted often, which is, um, "I have no greater joy than to know my children walk in truth." And it's a blessing. It's a blessing to see not just our own children, but other people that that that, that we've worked with along the way walk in truth. But here's another one that I really, really love. I love this scripture. Be ye angry and sin not, and neither let the sun go down on your wrath. So again, I want to talk about this topic this morning. God wants us to be happy. Pastor, would you pray over this lesson this morning? Amen. Can you give the Lord a hand clap before we start this morning? Hallelujah. I love the Lord. I love my church. And, I, I, you know, if, I've always figured if nobody backslides while I'm preaching, this is a success, okay? So, so I, I'm, I'm thankful for a church that listens, that responds, not just in here, but even more importantly in, in, in their lives and, and uh, not... That's not quite the case, you know, every, everywhere you go. So I'm, I'm, I'm thankful for that. God wants us to be happy. We are emotional beings. That's what we are. We have emotions. God also has emotions. Now, we don't exactly know what that means because with us, the way that we experience emotions, it's, it's a series of, uh, in part anyway, chemicals and, and brain synapses, and God doesn't have that like we do. So when God said, I'm a jealous God, when God says uh, there were times when he became angry, we don't exactly know what that is because God is so far beyond us, but we still know through his word that God has emotions and God created us this way. There are no useless emotions. I heard, I've heard it said before that there are some emotions we just don't need to feel and that's true in a way, and I'll get to that, but there, are, there is not a single emotion that has no purpose because God designed every one of them. Adam and Eve, I, I don't know what their emotional capability, uh, capability was at the time because they were perfect, and, and we can assume that they had no use for sadness, that they had no use for a lot of the things that we deal with because they were in a perfect world. And, and perhaps God gave them the ability to have certain emotions after the fall, before the fall. We really don't know. But the point is, is that whatever emotions we are capable of feeling, and there are hundreds, literally hundreds of emotions that we can feel, and none of them are useless. And here's another thing to remember. There are no sinful emotions. Hate is not 
an emotion. Hate is what we do with anger, for example. It's what we do when we feel anger towards someone. It's based on a decision that we make. Now, we, we can say, I cannot help but feel angry towards somebody. And if you've ever been hurt, you know exactly what I mean. We feel anger, and that anger is directed at a person. And every time we think about that person, we feel angry. That is not a sin. That is not wrong. However, when we allow that anger to, to fester and to cause us to think negative thoughts about someone, then that's when we get into the area of sin. Lust is not an emotion. Lust is what we do with certain emotions. And so God created all of this, and He did it on purpose. So whatever emotion you're feeling, you are doing it because God created you that way. Now, some emotions should, should never be uh, prolonged or become compulsive or repetitive. For example, shame and guilt. The Bible teaches that we are not to live in shame and guilt. And if that emotion becomes uh, repetitive, if it, if it happens over and over again, the Bible says that we've got to do something about that. That means something is wrong, perhaps something wrong in our thinking process, something wrong in our state of being, but God does not want us to live in that. And uh, the reason that soldiers, for example, have PTSD is not just the fact that they experienced a single trauma, but they experienced continuous trauma. Now, PTSD, we understand, can be caused by one single emotion. There was one time, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the loop, when the loop comes around and then it kind of crisscrosses there, you know, that one of the lanes is, is, is blocked right now. And it used to be a great place. Everybody merged and everybody was happy, and we all sang Kumbaya as we merge and get on the, the little loop there. Uh, but with that exit, uh, with the lane blocked there at that exit, it's not so anymore. And there was a man, God bless his soul, that was merging, not into the lane, but he was merging with me. You know, I, I think people get that mixed up. It, merge means merge with traffic, not merge with a single person. And so the only choice I had, well, I had two choices. It was either let him hit me or me hit those barrels. And I elected to hit the barrels. And Pastor... I went to a dark place in that moment. We were three days away from getting our car out of the shop and the, because the front end had been damaged. And what happened? Front end got damaged again. Three days later, it still got those scuff marks right along the front. And, and so I, I, was, I was not in a good place. I was not in a bad place. Now, I had not done anything wrong in, uh, to, to this point. And so I caught up with the man, and I was trying to motion for him to, to pull over because he was in a, a, a work van, and I, I felt like we needed to work this thing out. And what does he do? He looks at me, and he makes a kissy face. Oh, I went to a darker place at that moment. And, uh, and, and, and I, for weeks after that, I didn't take that exit again. I, I, I took another road and, and, and went around it. If you know Athens, there's a dozen ways to get anywhere. And, but now, if I had tried to merge with him, if I had gestured to him, you know, let's say, or, uh, or, or treated the situation as I shouldn't, that, that would be sin. Now, I was in that spot for, for a while. I was at that place for a while. I called the police. I, had, I, I felt like I needed to do a report. And if you ask me what came of that, I'll tell you, nothing, <laughs> nothing. The scuff marks are still on the front of my car. But the good news is that that feeling eventually went away. 
Now, if we are in situations, and, and again, soldiers experience this when they feel very difficult emotions, great trauma, and they experience over and over again. And that can cause, uh, you know, for example, PTSD, and I won't go into to, to all that. But shame and guilt, like I said, that should not be felt over and over again. If we are living in shame, if, if every time we think about our past or every time we think about something that we have done, we are continually experiencing shame and guilt, that's not what God wants for us. Now, if we make a mistake, we do need to feel ashamed. We do need to feel guilty, but it needs to be short-lived and it needs to be temporary, and we need to get through that and say, okay, I messed up and I feel awful. That means, that emotion means that it's time to move on to something better. And so all these things, they're not sinful. And those emotions, worry is another one. Has anybody ever been worried? Anybody been worried about your kids? You've been worried about your spouse, worried about your job. That basically means that something needs to happen. We need something to happen, but we should not live in that worry. Depression and anxiety, I think those, are, those two words are so often spoken, partly because depression and anxiety, the world is so aware these days of, of, um, of uh, uh, mental health issues, and depression and anxiety are the two most common symptoms of a mental health issue. Uh, and and if, you know, you know, if you know somebody who deals with that, uh, depression and anxiety, if, if it's... If it's um, if it's prolonged and it doesn't seem to be coming from any situational circumstance, then we know that it probably needs to be treated. Now, doctors can treat that. Of course, God can treat that. And, and, and I talk about, you know, get help, so forth. That does not negate what God can do for you. I, I, I love, I love uh, Sister Sunshine's testimony that she posted the other day about how God has helped her through some difficult things. And I want to keep seeing those, and I believe I will, and God does that. Uh, shame, let me go back to shame. One of the terrible things about shame, I, I, I know that it's, it's easy for parents to want to use that as a punishment tactic, and I think as parents, at some point we, we've done that. You ought to be ashamed. Perhaps a child did something uh, or, or maybe looked at something that they shouldn't have looked at, and it's, it's natural for parents to, we, we're just so appalled by, by this thing, and we just think, oh, Lord, what am I going to do? And we want to shame them into not doing it again. And we just, it's, if we go on and on and, and about the shame, and we repeat that, and every time we talk about it, we try to make them feel guilty and feel shameful. Well, the paradox is that prolonged and repetitive shame can actually lead to compulsive behaviors that are associated with the thing that they are that they that we made them feel ashamed for. There's a lot to say about that. I won't do that. So it's it's sometimes it's tough not to do that as parents. But but shame is something that that we should not really uh, press into our into our children. And I think we've all, of course, been been guilty of that. Uh, we should be aware of what causes our emotions. And, and, and the cause of emotions, there's actually several. First of all, situations. I, I told you about the situation where, where, the, uh, where this driver, where this driver, I don't know if, his, if he doesn't like using his side view mirrors or what, and if they're against his religion or he just, whatever the case is, uh, you know, that situation caused me 
to have an emotion. And I'm sure if I pulled the place today, you could think of at least three things this week that caused you to have some sort of difficult emotions. And, and we honestly can't stop that. Now, some things bother some people more than others. And some things we can look back, we used to say that this particular thing used to bother me a lot in my younger years. It used to really get under my skin, but it's not that big a deal today. Or it's the opposite. So something that didn't bother me years ago now it's something that just gets under my skin and it causes me to be angry or something that causes me to be sad. And so situations can, can, uh, can, can cause that. The good thing is that when it comes to situations, uh, you know, even, even great situations like loss, the loss of a loved one or separation, different things, uh, empty nest syndrome, and, and I, 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 we may have some people going through that. Usually that works itself out. If it's a situation that caused the emotion, usually that works itself out. Another cause of difficult emotions is disorders. And, and, and like I said, if we're experiencing some difficult emotion and there doesn't seem to be any cause, then we need to, we need to pray about it. We need to speak with someone about it. We, we know that pastor's always available. And sometimes when, when, when we're talking to him, even if he's never gone through that himself, God can just drop into his spirit what's going on. And, he, and he'll say, this, is, this might be what's happening with you. And, and it seems so common these days that there are biological influences that are occurring that cause us to feel difficult emotions. You know, there's, uh, you know, chronic depression, there's obsessive compulsive disorder, there's, uh, there's bipolar, there's all kinds of things that can cause us to feel difficult, uh, difficult emotions. And also uh, another cause is thoughts and thought processes. If we have a thought, and we think about it long enough, we will feel an emotion associated with that. If I sit down and think about my dad who died years, years ago, if I sit and I think about him long enough, and I think, and I think, and I think, I, I'm going to start to feel blue. I'm going to start to miss him. I'm going to start to grieve over that. I think yeah, everybody in here can I, I identify with that. Or not just a single thought, but sometimes thought processes. Have, have you ever looked back and said, the way that I dealt with that in my mind, it, my thinking was just off. I didn't just have a thought process, a thought process, but my opinion was just not good. And, I, and I've had faulty opinions, uh, you know, the, uh, uh, about things. I won't, I won't name anything, but I look back and, and even movements in society, political issues, I won't go into any, anything like that. But I had opinions on those, and, and some of those opinions were just, they were just wrong. Now, we can say, well, it's my opinion. It's my truth. Anybody else hate the, hate the two words together, my truth? If there was ever a self-serving term in our society, it's my truth. You can't, you can't tell me I'm wrong. You can't criticize this is my truth, okay? Well, your truth is a lie, you know, a lot of times. And, and we can look back and see that. And, and so if we, when our thought processes and our thoughts, if they're wrong, they can cause us to feel an emotion that, we don't need to have an emotion that is absolutely un unnecessary, and, and it's sometimes it takes, uh, it, takes, uh, it takes time, it takes experience, it takes counsel, uh, talking to a friend, talking to someone who, who, who can offer us some insight for our thoughts to uh, get back on track. Now, emotion, uh, thoughts can cause emotions, but also emotions can, can cause thoughts. And if you've ever dealt with depression, then you know, especially if it's a disorder, you know that if you're feeling depressed one day, depression can also be caused by, you know, stress, 
and, and, and perhaps our emotional needs aren't getting met. We may not realize that that's happening. And, and if you're sitting down and you're starting to feeling depressed, then your mind a lot of times, this happens almost automatically, that our mind starts to think, what is wrong? What's going on in my life that is making me feel this way? And so what do we do? We look at a situation and we think, this thing is not quite right. My job is, is, is not quite right. I don't have enough friends. I have too many friends. I, I don't spend enough time outdoors. I spend, enough, I spend too much time outdoors. And so we're trying to associate what this, this feeling that we're having, you know, or, or I'm not worth it. I, I, I feel worthless. And so depression and anxiety, a lot of times when it's caused by a, a, a medical issue, we, we attach it to those thoughts. And, and so our emotions cause thoughts. And what we have to do is realize, okay, there is nothing wrong in my life that is causing me to feel this way. Everything's not right, but something is not quite right. And I need to find out what, what that is. And we should not, and this is difficult too, we should not fight our emotions. This is kind of like the sub-crux of, of what I'm talking about. We should not fight our emotions because fighting our emotions is one of the greatest hindrances to happiness, which is what, what we're talking about today. Happiness, fighting our emotions, trying to tamp it down, trying to suppress it, that may, that may seem paradoxical. That may seem like it doesn't make sense because if I'm sad and I try, to my, try my best to not feel sad, I'm trying to think happy thoughts, happy thoughts, happy thoughts, then that sadness will go away, then that's what I need to do in order to feel happy when honestly the opposite is true. Fighting our emotions, and I'll get to this a, a little more shortly, fighting our emotions can actually hinder God's help with our emotional state because God designed us to go through emotional processes. We see that in His Word. We see that in, his, in, in our lives. And if we fight against that, we are fighting against God's design. And if we are unsuccessful in fighting an emotion, and, and we often are, it, it, perhaps it's a legitimate emotion, perhaps we're grieving over something. If we fight against that, or if we're feeling anxiety, and we fight against that, we try to suppress it, we think happy thoughts, God, get me through that, God, get me through that, and we are unsuccessful, what happens? The emotion is worse. And on top of that, we have fear and anxiety because we couldn't fight it. I was unsuccessful at getting rid of this sadness. It didn't work, and, and now we feel even more sadness. We feel even more grief. We feel even more fear and more anxiety. There are, uh, there are uh, ways that, that people, uh, and even some counselors teach you, if you're having a panic attack, we'll do this and you'll stop it. You know, look at things in the room. Uh, start saying numbers in a random order. Or one thing I saw was uh, a man said, splash cold water in your face. Now, that, those things, they're not always bad to do because for one, re one thing, we may be in an inopportune situation. If we're out in public and, it, and it's not a good time and, and, and we have to function or we have to do something, perhaps we're at work and we have something we have to do, those things can be a, a temporary fix. If, if we're dealing with some sort of anxiety or fear or whatever, go to the bathroom and splash cold water in your face, and that helps to kind of reset the system. However, that is often problematic because your mind 
is giving you this emotion for a reason. Now, perhaps it's a faulty reason. Perhaps something in, your, in our mind is, is over-functioning or, or, or not functioning properly, and, and, we, and we feel this, but if that, emo, if that anxiety goes away, we think, thank God I conquered it. What's going to happen within a few days? It's going to come right back, and it's going to actually be the same episode of anxiety that started days ago because the mind, the body is saying, I need to get this out. I have to make this happen, and I have to make it happen for a reason. And when we, we tamp down these emotions, they're going to come out. If you've ever experienced grief, sometimes we, we, we avoid grief. I, I spoke with someone one time who had lost a, a family member, and, and I asked them, how are you doing with that? And, and she said, uh, well, I just try not to think about it and because it, it makes me sad. And while she was talking, she began to cry. And, uh, and, I, and I saw a, a man giving an interview about who, someone who had lost a child, and he said, I put that thought in a box, and I don't open that box. That box is going to open. <laughs> that box, those feelings are going to get out. And un- what unfortunately happens is that there are times we can't stop them from getting out. And it's going to come out through anger. It's going to come out through sadness. And, and a lot of times it's going to come, come out in a very inopportune time. So it's not always awful to just stop ourselves from feeling something on occasion because of the, maybe perhaps the circumstance we're in. But in general, fighting our emotions is, is, not a, is not a healthy thing to do. If you've ever met someone, you think they are not grieving properly. <laughs> they are not gr- grieving uh, healthy. And, and they're mad at everyone. They snap at everyone. A lot of times they don't even know they're doing it. But it's just, it's coming out. Also, fighting our emotions is not biblical. I mentioned Ephesians 4.26, that uh, be angry and sin not. Now, the, the context of this is, is, has a specific context to it, and, and we can talk about that, but, but the principle is the same. The writer and God knew that trying to fight our emotions is not a good, in general, is not a good idea. So he said, if you are angry, if you're angry at your brother or your sister, if you're angry uh, about a situation, be angry. Be angry. Get upset about it. But sin not. Now, our emotions are uh, information, not instructions. Because if our emotions were instructions, I would have rammed (laughs) that guy who who run me into these barrels. That that was the instruction that, that I would have felt I need to do something about this. I need to do something again. If somebody, somebody messes us up, then, then, then we need to do something about it. Or if a man sees an attractive woman, then he needs to hit on her. And, and that's, emotions are not instructions. They are information telling us that there is something about this situation. In Ecclesiastes uh, 3 and 4, what is Ecclesiastes 3 and 4? The Bible says that there is a time to weep and a time to laugh. When it's time to weep, weep. Let yourself cry. Sometimes we uh, tell, maybe tell children, be a man. Don't you, don't you cry. Don't you cry. And we think maybe we're helping them by saying, don't cry. Don't show your emotions. When, in fact, the opposite is, is, is true. And that's more true in some, some cultures, even subcultures in our country. You know, be a man. Don't, don't show your emotions. Don't cry. And, and generally speaking, that's, that's really not, not very good advice because even the Bible said there's a time to weep 
There's a time to be upset. There's a time to cry and snot and weep and wail and gnashing of teeth. There is a time that that has got to happen. And, but fortunately, there's also a time to laugh. There's a time to mourn. There's also a time to dance. So we have to let our emotions process. If we're having a difficult emotion, like I said, there is a reason for that happening. And the, the Bible also instructs us to examine ourselves. And we, we, the, the psalmist said, examine me, O God. Let me know what's inside of me. If there is something faulty in my mind, if there is something wrong in my heart, if my thinking is off, I need to know about it because I have got to examine myself with the help of the Lord and know what is going on. And here's what's also very fortunate. Uh, difficult emotions, strong emotions, even good emotions, but difficult emotions are generally short-lived. I was not angry for the rest of the day when that man run me off the road. Uh, think back at your most recent time that you were really sad. How long did that last? How long did that crying session last? Well, it may have been an hour, which seems like an eternity, but what happened after that? It ended. It stopped. It, 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 was, it was gone, and, and you didn't feel that way constantly. It, it, and grief is like that. God, in His infinite wisdom, uh, allowed grief that it comes in waves. The day of my father's funeral, uh, I, I just boo-hooed, and I cried harder than I've ever cried before. But when we came back to the church that same day, and we had dinner, we were laughing. We were yucking it up with each other. We were sharing stories, and I was genuinely having a good time because difficult emotions are not extended. They do not last sometimes as long as they think will last. So we think that, you know, in the moment, I've got to do something about this emotion because if I don't, it's not going to go away. If I don't do something about these tears, then they're just going to keep falling. If I don't do something about but that's not true. Imagine that, imagine if you were describing, this is, this is weird, but this is how my, 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 my brain works, okay? And if you know me, my brain works weird. But imagine you were describing your emotions to an alien that doesn't feel emotions, okay? Imagine you're describing um, fear or anxiety. And the alien said, what's that like? And you say, well, my hands get clammy, get, get real clammy. And I just, I just, I, I don't know what to, it, it's uncomfortable. And the alien says, well, what does clammy hands do to you? Well, nothing really. I, I just have wet hands, Okay. Uh, but, but also my heart starts to race. I, I feel it right here. My heart's racing and, and, it, and, it, and it speeds up. And then the little alien says, well, what does that do to you? What, what, does that, what happens when, when that occurs? And you say, well, nothing. I just get it. I just get it. My heart beats. It doesn't do any damage to my body. And, 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 and the alien says, okay, well, what's the problem? And really the answer is it's uncomfortable. Strong emo difficult emotions are just uncomfortable. We don't like them, and, and it's supposed to be that way. But we just let it ride. We can, we can let it go. We can think about it. Sometimes if we think about what we're feeling, we, we get a good view. We imagine, you know, I'm kind of feeling into my chest, or sometimes with some emotions you feel it in your throat. I know that when I get angry, I feel it right here. And, and, but if we kind of take some time to think about that, and be aware and be mindful of those things, that can also be helpful. And that's a, that's a whole, whole lesson in itself. Um, but we, when we feel um, 
when we feel strong emotions and when we feel these difficult emotions, like I said, they are not, they are not long-term. It will go away. My friend, if you have come here this morning, if you walked in the door feeling sad, that sadness will not last forever. Now, I know what it's like. Any, any preacher, any speaker knows what it's like that they can get up here and speak, and even while they're speaking, even while they're smiling, they're dealing with some emotion. They're dealing with worry. They're dealing with fear. They're dealing with, uh, with, with, with a lot of things while they're doing this. And sometimes when, we, when a speaker, even actors know that once they get into a scene and they start acting, then sometimes the, the, the difficult emotions they may have been feeling just, just go away. But what happens when they're done? They come back. But what happens after it comes back? It goes away again. And we can handle that. And so what God's will for our lives, is not always just for difficult emotions to go away, but he wants us to get good at feeling difficult emotions. We, now, you, you, you know that we should not live depressed, that, that if, there's a, it, you know, if, if we live with depression, we maybe need to do something about that. But some people who have a medical issue with depression, they actually get good at being depressed. And God never wants us, you've heard me say this before, God never wants us to live under the oppression of depression. If it is interfering with our lives, if it is keeping us from, from doing what we want to do, and if, it's, if it's just sapping us of joy, that's a problem. God doesn't want us to live in that. However, people with medical issues who, who occasionally get depressed, what they do, they just sit in their chair and they, they know, okay, I'm feeling down today. I'm not feeling great today. I feel depressed. Uh, but they know I'm not going to attach this depression, like I mentioned earlier, with thoughts. I'm not going to start thinking that everything is bad. I'm not going to start thinking that my life is falling apart. I'm not going to start thinking that I'm a bad person. I am not going to start thinking that God doesn't love me. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to let this happen, and I'm going to let it go away, and I'm going to be all right. Now, of course, if it gets so severe that, that uh, sometimes depression can be so severe that we cannot help the thoughts that come to mind, and, and perhaps there are, are there are, uh, thoughts that we have that are dangerous, that, that aren't good for us, good for others, and then, of course, we know we need to do something ab about that, but God wants us to be good at dealing with our emotions, and here's the good news, and here's what I'm really getting at today. We don't have to do it on our own. We don't have to deal with all these horrible things that we feel by ourselves. We are not hopeless. We are not helpless. Now, God can use anything. God, can, God uses counseling. God uses time with our pastor. God uses uh, talks with our friends that can help us out. God uses those things. But what God also does is that He uses Himself to get us through these emotional times. And this is what I love about the church. This is what is such a joy. There, I, I, when, sometimes when I scroll, and I really should know better, but if there's a post about someone receiving the Holy Ghost or someone crying in the altar, I scroll through and some, someone, someone who's ignorant, and that's not, I'm not insulting them, they just don't know what they're talking about, this is spiritual abuse to make these people feel this way. My friend, the opposite. The opposite is true. And I can absolutely, we can absolutely prove that, Okay. So, for example, if we're in church and we're going through a difficult time, and sometimes we know when someone is going through a difficult time based on how they're praying. 
And, and, and that's okay. Sometimes we know that, that it, this is joy. Sometimes we know that someone's body language, the, the, the way that they look, or perhaps we know some circumstances about that, that when they're praying, this is not a great joyous prayer that they are having. This is not a great joyous time that they are feeling. Now, God's Spirit is moving. Here's what is so beautiful. Here is what is so fantastic and wonderful about those times. First of all, if that happens, you are in a safe environment. You are in a safe place. You can feel whatever it is you need to feel. There is no one here that is going to bring judgment upon you. I don't care how many documentaries they make about how judgmental people there are in the church and, and about how this person who fell and about how this pastor of this church or abuse was going on. Maybe the, the, we know those things happen, but those are the exception. I, any day of the week, I'll take a group of people from the church and a group of people who don't know God, and let's see who has more drama. Let's see where more backbiting goes on. Okay, the scales will always vastly, vastly tip to the world who has such less, not everyone, there are good people, kind people who don't know God, but, but when it comes to drama, when it comes to backbiting, when it comes to things that, those kind of things, we know those things happen here. We know that they do, but they happen this much, and the good happens this much. And I'll, I'll, I'll fight anybody, I won't really fight anybody, but I'll fight anybody who says otherwise. So when we are experiencing a difficult time and we're in this altar or we're at our seat, wherever we are and the tears start flowing, we're in a safe environment and we are surrounded by people who don't judge us. Now, if it happens in an office, there might be one person there who says, it's going to be okay, what does everybody else do? Walk on by. Okay, I don't want to get involved in this. I don't know what's uh, hap happening here, but I don't want to be involved. What happens in the church? And I know sometimes we don't want to be swarmed with people. That, that, that's fine. But what happens? Somebody stops by and they put their arm around. Somebody, somebody, may, somebody from the other side just waves their hand, God help them. God help them. And we know that those things are going on. So it's a safe environment. It's a non-judgmental environment. And God is actually causing the emotions to process in a very intense way. Emotions to process, if you'll allow the phrase, on steroids, okay? And that's good. That is very good because the harder our emotions are processing, the more we're getting out, the more, it's, the more that's going on because there are things inside here that need to get out. Now, I don't know where those emotions are stored. I don't know how the mind works. I don't know if it will ever work. And, of course, I think it transcends the mind and goes to the spirit that those things are still there. But they're, when we're in an environment like this and they're just gushing out, just gushing and, and just flowing and we're boo-hooing, weeping, wailing, get, get them a tissue. I, I like we get a tissue, put it in their hand, and, and sometimes we, we wipe their face for them. And that's fine too, you know. I just, I've seen people get the Holy Ghost while somebody's just, just, just taking a tissue and just wiping this, this way and that way. That's fine, okay. But what it, what's happening is God is causing these things to go. And I think what a beautiful Savior we have that when we go through times when we don't know what to think, we don't know how to feel, we don't know what to do, we don't know how to let this go. We, and, and, and therapy, isn't, it's, it, 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 we know that those things can help and God uses those, but sometimes it, we're just not getting anywhere with those things. But what does God do? He says, don't worry, 
I'll open the floodgates for you. I'll take care of it for you. I'll allow these things to come out for you. And then how do we feel afterwards? Now, if we're honest, we'll know that that was a difficult 5, 10, 15 minutes that we had when it was all good. It was tough. It was uncomfortable. But what, how do we feel afterward? Oh, that was great. You ever needed a good cry? Guys, I'm asking you. You ever had to have a good cry? You better say yes. This is not a girl thing. Sometimes we just have to have a good cry. And how do we feel afterwards? Oh, that's so much better. That's so much more wonderful because that's how God created us. And the other thing that makes that so beautiful and so wonderful is that the entire time God has us in his hands and he's saying, I got you. I'm here with you. I am bringing you healing. I am bringing you restoration. I am doing for you what nothing else can do. And there is no therapy. There is no pill. There is nothing a friend can say that can do that the way that God does when He has His arms around us and He says, let it out. Let it out. Let it out. I'm right here for you. I am right here. And that doesn't just have to happen in a service. That can happen daily. I think, generally speaking, that is most strong when we're in a service environment because the Spirit of God is, is, is moving. And, and some people, uh, you know, when that happens, when they're feeling that way, we, we see them. We can see the look on their face. God's moving on that person. They're starting to feel something. Uh, but then sometimes they, they shut down. And if they shut down, we will let them shut down. We will not force it. We will... You know, I've seen some people just rub them. No, come on, don't shut down. Keep rubbing and shaking and moving. And sometimes people pray through in self-defense. If you ever pray through in self-defense, you might be a Pentecostal. Okay, so, and that happens. But, you know, we, of course, I think generally speaking, we're sensitive. We understand and we allow people to pray how they want to. And we also know that some people, they don't like to be crowded by, by, by prayers. And I think anyone who doesn't like that, they can still appreciate it when someone uh, praise, praise for them, and, and we know how to be sensitive to that. But even daily, day after day, in prayer and reading God's Word, when we talk to God, sometimes we don't know what to say. The Bible says sometimes it's just groanings that cannot be uttered. And we just, oh, 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 God understands that language word for word. He knows exactly what we're saying. He knows exactly what we cannot express He knows exactly what we're feeling because He designed every molecule in our body to do that. And so daily in prayer, sometimes it's less, sometimes it's a little little soft because what we feel, these great, huge, emotional uh, outbursts and gushings, it's, it's tough to go through that every single day. So sometimes that comes in a milder form. And it comes a lot of times when we're talking to God. You don't just have to have that experience here in this environment. And if it's uncomfortable for you, we understand. And that is not an indictment on your character. If you withhold what you're feeling, you are not a less person for doing that. But if that's what God is leading you to do, then go home. Go home, find a spot by yourself. Walk out into the yard, into the woods. Close the door and say, God, I see what you're trying to do with me. I, I don't know how to do this. Can you help me with that? And he does it. And he does it every time, every time, every time, every time. And also daily reading God's word. This is the Bible that my, my father presented to me. 
and, um, and, and I've got it in my living room. I've got my, my recliner that is falling apart, but I will never trade it in because it's my recliner, and, it, and I am, you know, it's, I'm, cush, it's, I'm shaped to it, you know, you know what I mean. And so I sit by my, my falling apart recliner next, and my little table's next to it. It's got I have my phone there. I've got my, my PS4 controller right there so I can just pick it up and hit the button and just start from there. And I've got some other books and things that are notebooks so forth, but I've also got this right here. I've got this because throughout the day, I'm going to pick it up and I'm going to read something. And it is amazing. It is amazing how sometimes... And I am going to pull you this time. Have you ever just needed something from God? You opened up and thought, wow, that is exactly what I needed. Has that ever happened to you? Happens over and over. And I don't mean just twisting it to kind of mean something. No, it was exactly what you needed. And when we read that, we start to weep because we think, God, that is exactly what I needed. That's what I needed from your word. That's what I needed to hear. That's what I needed to feel. And God comforts us in those things. My friends... God wants you to be happy. And not only that, this church wants you to be happy. You're never going to catch us saying, quit being sad all the time. We're not, we're not going to say that. We're, we're going to say, maybe, can we help you with the circumstances around that? But we are never, ever going to come up to you and say, you're just, you're just too sad. Well, I, I, just, I, I just lost my job. I just lost my dog. I just, I just lost my spouse. I just, you know, I just lost a whole lot of... Don't you tell me not to be sad. And, and, and if, if your grief is less than somebody else, have you ever thought, man, I know what that person's going through and it's so much worse than me, so I just need to stop feeling what I'm feeling because theirs is worth. You ever felt like that? Yeah, we do. Uh, don't do that, <laughs> okay? Your journey is your journey. And you deserve to be able to go through it in a godly way, the way that God wants you to do that. I don't care if it's because you stubbed your toe. I, we've got a new food processor, and I've got this, this little cut right here after cleaning it out. You ever get so mad? One tiny little cut, one tiny little thing. So mad it didn't hurt at first, but it, it, it hurts later. And I was upset about that. Okay, I'm going to be upset now. If somebody in here has their, their house burned down this morning. I'm going to pray for you, but I'm still going to be bad about the stupid little cut on my finger that I did not have to have, this tiny little thing that is just a thorn in my side. Well, it's actually a thorn right here, but that is getting on my nerves. I'm going to be upset about it, but I'm still going to be, whatever it is you're going through, I don't care how big, I don't care how small, I don't care, it's never too silly. It's never too, too little for you to experience that. It is never too little, most of all, for God to care about you. We all feel sorry for ourselves sometimes. That's not a terrible thing. It's, it's, it's really not. But we need to know that God is here the entire time helping us through that. God wants you to be happy. And I want to see you smile again too. I know sometimes those smiles are fake. That's, that's, that's all right. That's all right to put on a fake smile sometimes. That, that's okay. But I long for the day, this church longs for the day where that smile is genuine all over again. And we do that, not by fighting what we're going through, but by just saying, I give up. God, you do it. You lead me. And not only will God do these things for us in a spiritual way, but he also leads us to the answers. If the answer is talking with our pastor, he's going to show us. 
If the answer is reading his word, he's going to show us. If the answer is, me is medication, it's not always medication. I'm not going to get on that. We, it, medication is not a cure-all, okay? It's, it's just not. If that's part of the answer, God's going to show you. If it's not part of the answer, God's going to show you. And he leads us to those answers. And I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for the happiness that God's, God gives. Let's stand together right now. And can we worship the Lord? And can we thank him? for the happiness, for the joy that He gives us every day. Joy in the middle of the storm. Happiness even when we're sad. The world doesn't get it. The world doesn't understand how we can be so confident and so happy even in the middle of such difficult emotions. Let's worship the Lord and talk to Him.